You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 77. The Streaming War Continues. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 77 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello, Brian. So there's uh, some big screen news I've got, uh, some things that I saw over the weekend and actually got to see uh, see yesterday. But before we Mm. get to that, let's talk some small screen, because the stream wars continue. (laughs) We've been talking about this for the last uh, couple of podcasts. We must be at at the height, or maybe we're at the... The calm before the big storm. I, I think that mm-hmm. might be the case. And uh, I mentioned this to you the other day, but I wanted to bring this up on the podcast also. HBO Max, they uh, have the uh, the rights to Doctor Who now. Oh, okay. So the 11 episodes of New Who. So uh, I was curious about uh, how this was going to affect BBC America. And from what I understand, they don't get to stream Doctor Who until BBC America streams it. So I guess what will happen is... The current season won't be up on HBO Max until they've shown it on BBC America. So. Okay. But they have all of them now at this point. Well, I mean, none of the old Who, but all the all the episodes of New Who, you'll be able to stream any of them on HBO Max. So, say, for example, you happen to miss all of uh, Peter Capaldi's run on Doctor Who, which, of course, would never happen. Cause no, never. No, no one would No ever, one would ever do that. No, no true one, Whovian. No true <laughs> would do that. But if, assuming that that happened in some weird world where that something like that could happen, yes, you could you could follow all of that back. Mm-hmm. So, But apparently this is part of a big deal that, that HBO Max has has uh, inked with uh, B- with uh, BBC because okay. apparently they're going to be pulling some other BBC shows in as well. I wonder because uh, AMC has a lot of, you know, BBC shows as well. They had Humans and a couple others that they were showing. So I wonder if they'll get those then. Yeah, I figured that any shows that AMC has that, that came from BBC, if they're part of the deal, they're going to go away. Mm. And it certainly means, because I know that for the longest time, you could stream Doctor Who on Amazon Prime. So I'm sure that's going away. Because HBO Max is going to be the only place you're going to be able to to catch that from this point on. So speaking of Disney, because we were talking about Disney Plus, and I mean, $6.99 was going to be a pretty, pretty good price for, for getting Disney Plus. But apparently they're really going for... Netflix's neck at this point because they just announced they are doing a big package of Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu together for like twelve ninety nine. Well, yeah. So, and trying to cover as many audience spaces as possible. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you'll be able to watch all of the uh, Marvel television series as well as The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, and all of the and all of that stuff. So, and then of course Hulu, as far as broadcast television, you know, they're that's what people were going for cord cutting. Now, I don't know at this point, Fox is still uh, the television side of it's still going to be involved. And I know, I think NBC uh, and Comcast is Comcast that their programming is going to be available for a little while, it, it, not 
not permanently, but they they should be still apart. So, I mean, that's going to be a solid, that's going to be a lot of television for like 13 bucks. So, but uh, Disney also announced that uh, now that they have the Fox properties, they're planning on doing remakes of a lot of the classic Fox films, which includes things like Home Alone, Night at the Museum, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Cheaper by the Dozen. Now, I and we're not sure yet whether they're going to be doing remake movies or they're going to be doing TV series. Okay. But uh, since they have those properties now, they're basically rebooting all of them. And I I've, did enjoy the meme that Macaulay Culkin himself created. Said this is Home Alone uh, now, and it's you know like him sitting on a couch and a t-shirt, and yeah, it's it's really adorable. Yeah, I, I see Macaulay Culkin in a few things. Uh, I I know uh, there's a, a YouTube channel. Um, uh, Red Letter Media, and he. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. I see him there on occasion, mm-hmm. once or twice. So. They do like uh, the best of the worst and wheel of oh, the yeah. worst, and yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he so. But I haven't, you know, seen him. I'll have to go check that out. Oh yeah, watch, watch him being tortured by bad movies is is hilarious. <laughs> he's a, he's amazing, but uh, so of course uh, we're just like a, a month or two away from a lot of these uh, streaming services finally coming up and. You know, we'll certainly talk about all the bloodshed once that happens. So we'll see what happens. But sticking with the small screen, we're getting more information about Crisis on Infinite Earths, the uh, CW crossover. Yeah, it just keeps growing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Mark uh, Hamill, Kevin Conroy, yeah, jumping Kev- on board. Yeah. Now, yes. the Kevin Conroy, I mean, the the Kevin Conroy, that, that shocked me, but I... I I really am looking forward to it. Now, of course, the geek watchers out there who might who might not be familiar. Of course, Kevin Conroy has been, for decades, since the 90s, the voice of Batman. Of course, in the Batman animated series, Justice League, and also in some of the Arkham Asylum games, he mm-hmm. voiced Batman and as well. And The Killing Joke. And in The Killing Joke, mm-hmm. yeah. Some, an, some animated features he's also... Uh, vo- and for a lot of us, he is the voice of Batman. When you think of Batman, that's the voice. Yep. And having him play an older Bruce Wayne is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've heard rumors about Mark Hamill as well. I don't know if that's a ru- uh, rumor or if that's actually been announced as true. There's uh, so many things fl- uh, flying around at this point. I know that they have announced that Michael uh, Rosenbaum is going to be coming back as Lex Luger. Of course, he played Lex Luger in Smallville. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, he'll. I mean, he's coming back. And I also understand that we may see a Black Lightning uh, cameo. Of course, that's the one CW show that's not a part of the crossover, but apparently they're bringing they'll be bringing that character in as in some sort of role in in one of the shows, although they haven't really mentioned it yet. Now, and it's going to be it's going to be a couple of months before we we see this crossover, but well, I mean, like I said, the rumors are flying. Uh they have announced what the schedule is going to be for the for the crossover and prepare to be mad. When when I read this, you'll find out why. Okay. The schedule is going to be Sunday, December the eighth, uh, Supergirl. Sunday, December eighth, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. And then Monday, December 9th, at eight o'clock, it goes to Batwoman. And then a uh, December, a uh, Tuesday, December tenth, at nine p.m. Eastern Standard, we get the Flash. And then Tuesday, January the fourteenth. So. <laughs> Apparently, the fla- I mean, of course, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and all that, and uh, having you know Flash be the third of it makes a lot of sense. But apparently, you get a month cliffhanger is what's going to happen. So they're making a uh, a mid season finale. Yeah, something like yeah. Th- this uh, 
this uh, crossover event. It's going to go from December 8th to 10th. Well, do you think it'll be a nice, neat, wrapped-up story? Or no. No, I <laughs> no. don't think so. So <laughs> they will... be hanging off that cliff. You will hang off that cliff for about a month because it goes from December 10th to January the 14th, 2020. <laughs> and that'll be Arrow at, at, nine, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, and then that'll be a double feature because at nine, same day, will be DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So after you've waited for a month on uh, on Tuesday, January the fourteenth, you'll get uh, two hours of programming starting with Arrow at, at eight and Legends of Tomorrow at nine. So they're planning on <laughs> something big, and from what I understand, um, they're going to try to stay as close to the comic as possible. But of course, the comic is so f- epic you can imagine how huge this is going to be. But I mean, three hours of programming. A month wait, and then a two-hour special event on that Tuesday. So, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, and of course, we're getting more and more news every day. But the things that they've already announced and the rumors of what you know we might wind up seeing is just—it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was it called in the '90s when uh, I think it was Fox? They they did it. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but. It was a big tie-in with all the shows that they had, and then you went to Seven Eleven, and you went and you got this little packet. And uh, at certain points of the episode, you would it would be scratch and sniff, and you had these three D glasses. Oh yeah, and uh, a whole bunch of different stuff, and all these different uh, shows. I wish I knew what that was called. It's like a big, huge TV event, is what we're having along the lines of like the Thorn Birds and uh, Oh yeah. Roots. <laughs> oh yeah. Only finally we get the superheroes get it. Oh, yeah. And and what's uh, really crazy about all this, of course, is that they're really pulling from like decades of television. I mean, all the way back to the 60s, they're they're going. And so and a lot of, uh, of course, for the older geek watchers like myself who who grew up watching a lot of this stuff, I'm honestly you couldn't do any more unless you brought in the super friends (laughs) in some way, which would not surprise me at this point. Pretty much everybody else is going to be there. So. Did the uh, Harlem Globetrotters ever be on the on the Super Friends, or were they just like Scooby Doo? I think they were pretty much just uh, uh, Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo was the show that had a lot of uh, the guest everyone stars. Everyone on it. <laughs> oh yeah, the guest stars and so Sunny and Cher and the Brady Bunch. Everyone was on Scooby Doo. I remember an episode <laughs> with Jerry Reed. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, it's <laughs> look at look for it on YouTube. Everybody, everybody had their moments with <laughs> Scooby Doo for sure, but. This is going to be certainly an event of a scale, I have to say, even for a small screen production. I mean, this is a scale that rivals, you know, the Marvel uh, Avengers. I mean, Civil War was big, and then you got to, you know, Infinity War, and, you know, and you had this huge crossover, although it was all really in the same world. I mean, this one, everybody from everywhere. So it's like everybody is pretty much fair game. And I think a lot of that happened happened because of Flash. Them bringing, you know, bringing back actors from the old Flash TV show in the 90s, you know, and how mm-hmm. people got really excited about that. And they're like, hey, you know, we have decades of television that we can draw from and people we can bring in. Let's do it. And so I don't know what they do to top this after this is over with. I mean, this is again, this is the the crisis on Infinite Earth. It's easily the biggest story that DC ever told. I mean, it's probably the most famous of the DC stories. And so, you know, what what do you do after this? I, you know, I don't know. But this is going to be a very interesting December and January when the, when it comes up. 
So let's go ahead and uh, we'll talk a little bit of big screen news because I did get a chance to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we talked about that on the show because, you know, the inclusion of of, uh, the Tate murders and Mm -hmm. Charlie Manson and all that. And I was interested to see how that was going to play into this movie. Now, I don't really want to go into a whole... I'm not going to be going into spoilers on this because if you've not seen, especially the last 15 minutes, you do not want to be spoiled. Okay. But I have to say... This is probably one of Quentin Tarantino's best movies. Okay. Now, uh, tell me, I know Quentin Tarantino in his, his verse, in the Tarantino verse, uh, he has been known, like Inglorious Bastards, to have altered the past. Is that maybe something that we can look forward to when we go see this? What there, uh, I will say that that is a possibility. Okay. We'll say, mm-hmm. like I said, there, there's some things that happen in that I don't really go into a whole lot of detail. Obviously... A lot of the movie is fictionalized because uh, the character is played by Brad Pitt and uh, oh, his name just flew out of my head. Hold on a second. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fictionalized characters. Uh, and watching them get dropped into classic movies was, was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in this. And I, I will say it's a really fascinating character study. And of course, Quentin Tarantino is famous for a lot of his violent content and there's a little bit of that here but not as much as you would think from a quentin tarantino movie mm-hmm. i mean where when nothing it, on kill bill scale uh, absolutely mm-hmm. not i mean when it happens it's like oh there it is yes i remember <laughs> that but there's not a lot of it and i have to say one of the things that fascinates me about this movie is that you can definitely see that quentin tarantino has very much matured and grown as a filmmaker. I don't think this is the kind of film that early in his career he'd have been able to do. And there's a lot, I mean, there's some really beautiful moments in this film. And I have to say, it's a beautifully shot film. And it's it's one of those films definitely you want to see on the big screen because, again, it is a love letter to the old cinema system, to old Hollywood, to the way things were. And, of course, people... I mean, when the hippie generation and, and the 60s, I, a lot of things changed in in America. And seeing how things changed through the lens of this film star who was used to making cowboy flicks. And, you know, not only is he getting older and doubting himself and his abilities, but he he's famous for the type of movie that people just don't really make anymore, you know, at that time. They were getting away from it. And so... You know, having uh, DiCaprio play this character who's sort of at a loss of, you know, is his life over at this point? And he doesn't know. It's a wonderful character study. And there's some, like I said, there's some really beautiful moments uh, through this. And, you know, having Brad Pitt, you know, plays Cliff, his stuntman who has his own issues. I will say that if you if you love Bruce Lee, you might not like this movie because he oh no <laughs> they don't treat him too well in it. Let's just say I mean there's been some stuff in the news where Bruce Lee's daughter was upset with the way he was portrayed. Uh, Shannon, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty obvious. I think that Quentin feels like uh, Bruce Lee was more uh, hype than he was an actual you know mm-hmm. badass. Mm-hmm. And there's a great scene with him and Brad Pitt. Which is amazing. And I won't go into, like I said, this is one you want to see, but there's this great scene. I think it was even in the trailer where Bruce Lee is showing everybody his hands. He goes, These hands are registered as deadly weapons. <laughs> you know, if I were to accidentally kill someone, I'd go to jail. 
And Cliff, Brad Pitt's character, says, if anybody accidentally kills somebody, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> so, but, uh, I mean, uh, Quentin Tarantino's brilliant dialogue is there all the way through. There's a lot of great story in there. And I will tell you, the f- last 15 minutes of the movie is going to make it or break it for you. And But I have to say that depending on what you think about the last 15 minutes and why you feel the way you feel about that last 15 minutes, I have to say, probably says more about you than it does about the movie. And that's all I really can say about it. That's a strange thing to say. Yeah. Hmm. it's. It, but like I said, I, I without having the context, yes, it is going to sound weird. But I would definitely say that... Uh, yeah, that last 15 minutes, it's different. We'll just say that. Like I said, I can't really talk about it without spoiling it, and you don't want it spoiled. So, But I definitely recommend you uh, getting a chance to see that. If you haven't seen it yet, I mean, at this point, uh, I mean, it's uh, starting to leave a few theaters because it's been out for a while. But uh, this is one of those, like I said, it's a love letter to, to old Hollywood and... Back in the days when people really loved making movies. And I mean, it's, again, it's Quentin Tarantino shot it on film. And who does that anymore? So, and it definitely looks like those old-timey films that we, you know, from the 60s. Of course, I remember watching, you know, um, either at the time when I when I was very young or, you know, seeing it on VHS. But also seeing television and what it looked like at the time. It's, like I said, it really... You're really immersed in that time period. I mean, it's you feel like you could ju- you had, you're stepping into a you know you're stepping out of a time machine into this world because it looks what it reminds me of is you know my my childhood you know when I was three and five and and you know very young and how things you know how different things were at the time. So, but uh, yeah, definitely a recommendation if you haven't seen it. One thing uh, that I did see yesterday uh, on Wednesday is there was. Uh, Fathom Events had a 10th anniversary of Doctor Who, The End of Time. And this, of course, when David Tennant... years, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 10, yeah, I, that that kind of got me too. I was like, really? Really? It was 10 years? Wow. Honestly? And watching that again on the big screen was something because it... Of course, that was when David Tennant left mm-hmm. Doctor Who, but it was also a... Uh, it was the first major shift... Because Davies, uh, screen, uh, screen, uh, Russell yeah, Russell T. Davies, he he left as well, mm-hmm. and so pretty much it was a big change in the guard at that point. Because I mean, even the look of of the show changed, mm-hmm. you know, because you know we had uh, new TARDIS, yeah. yeah, we had everything was changing, and uh, and it was really kind of that that moment. It was around that time. I think it, it was more on Matt Smith's watch. But it's when it became really popular in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so the show really came of its own about that time. And, of course, a lot of us old schoolers uh, who remember Doctor Who from, you know, PBS and mm-hmm. watching Tom Baker. I, I remember the way I saw the first season of Doctor Who of the new season with uh, Christopher Eccleston is I was at a horror convention and there was a bootleg DVD of it. <laughs> Because you couldn't get it in the United States, because nobody figured, well, who in the United I, States would want to watch it? I saw it on the Sci-Fi Channel before I ever saw it on PBS. It was Christopher Eccleston, and right. then uh, and then I saw David Tennant, and then it started coming on PBS again. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, of course, when I watched uh, Doctor Who on PBS, it was, um, of course, you know, the old the old mm-hmm. 
episodes. But Sylvester McCoy and yeah, yep, Peter Davison and uh, of course uh, Tom Baker was my first Doctor, and I went back to you know, and they showed some of the older John Pertwee episodes and and mm, things mm-hmm. like that, but. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the only way you could watch the Eccleston episodes to begin with was basically on a pirated disc <laughs> because they had released it in the, the UK, but they're like, ah, nobody in America cares. And I think I still have that pirated disc, disc somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, not they were that I, wrong. Yeah, they were wrong. And it became, you know, it took them, it took it a little while for it to, to gain popularity in the United States, but <laughs> at least you could get the David Tennant episodes. Now, they went back and issued the Christopher Eccleston episodes, which, of course, I wound up buying. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, it was about this time when it really started to become popular and it became, you know, the worldwide phenomenon that it is today. And it was really fun watching it on the big screen with a lot of people who were remem- uh, remembering. And, and, of course, at the end of it, they always, with the Fathom events, they always add a little something extra. So there was this great conversation interview with David Tennant, uh, with his full beard, you know, <laughs> looking into the camera, talking about, mm-hmm. you know, what filming that episode and, and, and all of that. And, um, of course, the one thing he, he talked about was how much of a shock it is to him when he talks to fans and he sees, you know, uh, and fans come up and say, man, I grew up on, on Doctor <laughs> Who and they're adults. Mm-hmm. And he says, I grew up watching you. And he's like, but these are adult folks. How did that happen? <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to my world, David Tennant. <laughs> I have to deal with that all the time. So, but he talks about a lot of that and and a lot of the emotion. I, I was a little bit disappointed. I, I was hoping that they were going to, uh, they were going to play the clip of, uh, of David Tennant uh, lip syncing to the, uh, to the Proclaimers. Do you remember oh, yes. this? Uh-huh. Yep. And everyone was in it, Captain Tate and. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. All of them. Yeah, uh, yep. I mean, it's out on YouTube, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was uh, a nice send off. And of course, you get to see Matt. It's funny because it's like you see Matt Smith just starting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this is where it all began. And like, he, oh, look how baby face he is. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, it's like that hasn't really changed that has too not much. Changed. But, uh, and of course, you know, we've had, we got two doctors after that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 10 years. 10 years. That's. Shocking to me. It's mm. absolutely shocking to me at this point. Um, but, uh, um, and, you know, uh, visiting back to 2005, it's like, well, you know, uh, you have that scene at the end where uh, the doctor goes to see Rose one last time. And of course, we know, you know, she's in another dimension and you can't, uh, and they were separated, but he, he crosses his own timeline to, to, to say goodbye. And, of course, she mentions that 2005, which, of course, is when the first Doctor Who started up. I mean, 2005, which means <laughs> that next year will be 15 years of New Who. What the? Mm-hmm. How, did, how did I get so old? How did that happen? I, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't have lived this long. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the one line that David Tennant says, a, a Time Lord lives, t- uh, perhaps a Time Lord lives too long. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe I'm not in the same boat because I'm thinking about how much... How fast that ten years seems to have flown, have flown by for sure, but uh, I really enjoyed watching. Of course, uh, you didn't get a chance to see it because you were deep in the heart of uh, Dungeons and Dragons I Wednesday. Was, yep, De- Wednesday's game night. <laughs> yep, that waits for no time, Lord. For sure, we have to we have to take care of uh, we have to seal up a dragon orb so that you know uh, 
evil dragon god doesn't get out. So, yeah. gotta do it. Yeah, the doctor can't take care of all the problems, nope. for sure. Mm-mm. Well, before we go today, I uh, alluded to this last week, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit uh, today. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I mean, obviously, we've been doing uh, the podcast since uh, 2017. So we've been doing this for a couple of years, and I've been looking at uh, growing the podcast and, and growing some other things, too. I've got um, a, a lot of things that I, I want to do, certainly, as it goes as far as creating content. And so I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking about Patreon. I know a lot of podcasts go through Patreon for a while. I mean, I thought about it, and I kind of probably I didn't want to maybe go that route because I didn't want people to think, you know, hey, we're trying to just monetize our audience, which is not really what I want to do. But, I mean, obviously putting this podcast out costs money, and it's money that comes out of my pocket, and I certainly have no problem doing that. I enjoy putting out the podcast, and I certainly enjoy recording it with you, Mandy, every mm-hmm. week. But I've talked to a lot of people who do Patreon, and one of the things that I think kind of changed my mind about it is they said that one of the good things about Patreon is it makes you accountable to the audience. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a Patreon out, that it does require you to put out good content. My mind is if I ever decided to do a Patreon, I mean, I wouldn't be spending any of the money on anything besides the podcast. In other words, any of the costs involved with uh, putting the podcast out, any new equipment or, you know, and if there's anything left, then you would say, you know, that stays in the kitty for either creating new content for the podcast or, you know, improving equipment or, or whatever, or looking to expand everything. And so basically I have uh, already started putting together the Patreon page and probably going to bring it out the first week of September. Awesome. And so as of right now, there won't be, the Patreon won't be for a lot of money. I'm thinking maybe like $5 starting out and as we start to, of course, talk to you, the Geek Watchers, and, and find out what it is that you're interested in. We'll come up with some other tiers. But one thing that I want to definitely do, uh, first of all, let you know that there's not going to be any changes to this podcast. We're not going to be stripping content out of this podcast for Patreons. I mean, what what you're getting now, you're you're going to continue to get. So don't feel like, you know, you're going to have to become a Patreon to to hear this podcast uh, that's not the case. One of the things I definitely want to do for the Patreon is, of course, we record usually on a Thursday, and then it's mm-hmm. usually two or three days to uh, re- to master and put in bumper music and all that. And one thing I'm thinking about doing is when we record the podcast on Thursday, going ahead and putting the raw feed out on Patreon. So it'll be Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, it's probably around 8 o'clock, 8.30. <laughs> You'll be able to go ahead and listen to the podcast. Now, of course, it will not be... Edited or... It will not be the edited <laughs> podcast. So you get all the ums and uh and hmm. All the, yeah, you'll have to listen to all the stuff that mm-hmm. Mandy has to put up with and from me. And the sneezes and, uh, and, and right. the yawns and uh, I don't know, have I actually cursed when I messed something up? I'm not sure if I have or not, but I probably have. <laughs> yeah. So, but what we'll do is uh, you'll be able to get the raw feed. So the raw feed will be up until, say, the actual podcast uh, is you know the bumper music's put on all the all my ums and ahs are taken out of it, but that'll give you the chance of hearing the podcast early. And I'm also thinking that per, uh, for Patreons, we'll record some deep dives, like when I did my review for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Spoiler free. 
say, you know, another movie that I've seen, you know, on the podcast, I'll do my spoiler-free review. And for Patreons, if you want, you can listen to my spoilerific- Spoilerful. Absolutely. Spoilers up to the to the wazoo spoiler review. And, we, and we'll do that- We'll do that for the people on Patreon. And uh, like I said, uh, we're, we're working all of that out. Like I said, for the most part, I think everything's done as far as the page is concerned. But if there's things that you're interested in, the things you'd like to see us do on the Patreon, you know, go on our Facebook page and, and drop us a, a DM. We should have an email up, uh, geekwatchpodcast at outlook.com. You can drop me an email there and let me know. Uh, Facebook would probably be the fastest way. But if there's th- ideas that you have for tiers, things that you'd be interested in us putting out, uh, let us know. And we would definitely definitely look at that. But like I said, for me, being able to, to do the Patreon is going to allow us to increase, obviously, the quality of the podcast itself. But it's also, like I said, it makes us accountable to you. And for me, that's it's a greater benefit for me than I would say making a few bucks here and there, you know, to help with cost. Because for me, obviously, the one thing that I want more than anything is to, for this podcast to be everything uh, that the Geek Watchers are looking for. And I really, I really want to see, you know, my game step up, certainly, in that aspect. And because of that, I think, you know, maybe now, after two years, it's time to, to actually put our shingle up on Patreon and see, <laughs> honestly, you know, how people value the podcast and, and see what they want us to uh, to do on this channel uh we're getting close to 100 and i want to really when we do the 100th podcast i really want to make a party out of that for Mm -hmm. sure we'll get a cake we'll get a cake there you go (laughs) and then you can we'll do asmr as we're eating the cakes (laughs) so but uh with that said we come to the end of episode 77 of the geek watch podcast thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the geek watch podcast For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.